This week on the Podland Trailcasters. All right, once again, mic test, mic test. There we go. We are recording audio, not recording nothing this time. I know that she would uh, tear your face off if you dared <laughs> to try and watch a new episode of The Last of Us without her. I'm not. I'm not offended. It just caught me by surprise. Look, man, she's a good streamer. She's been playing a lot of Elden Ring. <laughs> yes, streaming. Well, that's what the kids call it nowadays. <laughs> not that kind of streaming. And like you have to somehow convince your mom that you weren't the one who turned it to the adult entertainment <laughs> channel. She doesn't believe your 12-year-old adolescent ass until they realize that the neighbors were siphoning off our cable illegally. Those fun fact: Trenton Watford at 1.8 million dollars next year will be be will be paid less by the Trailblazers than Andrew Nicholson will be paid next year by the Trailblazers. Oh, Jesus, dude, really? We, Qu- next question. No, we're going to talk about R. Kelly on this podcast. <laughs> That's bait. That's bait. That's bait. That's bait. That's bait. Am I crazy? Mm, uh, uh, you're, 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 you're partially right. Regarding this. You're partially right, <laughs> partially crazy. <laughs> you could put me, you, and two other randos next to him, and the Milwaukee Bucks are going to make the playoffs because Giannis is that damn good. Uh, when well, five guys up. are guarding him and not me, I guarantee you I'll hit at least one NBA three per season. Hey, I, I, so, I had an NBA three on the court the other day at the at the Rose Garden. It felt really nice. Yeah, look it's at doable. You. Look at you. Yeah. So I'm a pro. Hello, Rip. City to all of you ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between whether you're in town or out of town or in any corner of these worldwide interwebs thank you for tuning in and welcome to the podland trailcasters the voice you are currently hearing is none other than the not so vanilla hood river gorilla that's me keith feltner smith and you'll hear from chris in a moment but he is not here on the line with me because once again this is part two of last week's episode We are trying this new thing with separating our weekly chats into the looser, goofier dialogue on one end, bringing you the love, hugs, and hate mail, then bringing you a separate, focused, deep dive, a more pure, a distilled discussion on more strictly basketball topics. This week, however, since the basketball focus is running a little thin for the Blazers, we turned to the Discordians for help, but we didn't just turn to our friends and listeners on Discord for a mailback episode. We went full AMA, or ATCA in this case, Ask the Trailcasters Anything. We've got some great questions, basketball and non-basketball alike, from our friends. So today, we're going to have some banter on Sharp's amazing games last week, and we'll get to the Minnesota game next week. We just already recorded. Sorry, guys. Then we'll have the first ATCA, and shoutouts to Jason, hey, Deepak, hey, Jesse, hey, MacDeuce, hey, Terry, and Seth, hey, hey. all of you for your input, all the questions. It was a lot of fun getting into all this. And if you, listener, hey. want to join in on the fun, there's one way and one way only, and that would be to come and join us on the Trailcasters Discord. Come and get involved with live episode recordings of this pod. You can ask questions, kind of phone in like a radio thing, or just be there to hang out in the background. We've got other podcasters as well, content creators, local artists all around Rip City. We have game access with the Third Bench Ticket Group, and season ticket renewal is Thursday this week. So if you want to get in on this, get in touch with me or with Seth right now. We also have swag exchanges. We have game night chats with friends if you're watching from home. All of this by fans of the Blazers, for fans of the Blazers, Come and join the fun. The link is in the episode description. All right, enough introduction. On to the discussion. All right, we're going to get into our first Trailcasters AMA. Before we get into that, though, we do have a little bit of basketball to talk about. A little bit of basketball has happened since our last episode. Right after we recorded last week, Chris, 
the Blazers played Utah, and we were talking last week about all the losses the team has been experiencing, how it seems that we just can't stop giving away double-digit leads. We've continued to do that, but we did have a small bright spot in the middle of last week. The road game against the Jazz in Utah, Shaden Sharp going off for a career night. 24 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 of 7 three-pointers made. Also, four steals, I think we saw. And the big part of that is we won the game. He goes off and we win. It wasn't just Shaden. Nurk and Dame had big nights as well. Dame was actually still playing at that point. Seems so long ago by now. But Shaden led the team with the plus minus. And I, I know plus minus is more of a large sample stat than single game stat. But to at least be able to see that Sharp was a plus 28 next to Dame being the next uh, best at plus 18, it shows the impact he was having. It shows that he was on there for when the Blazers were playing well. It was also Shaden's first start next to Dame. And I want to give a shout out to Trenton as well. Hey! It wasn't a uh, huge game as far as the stats go, but he had that lob that is going to be immortalized with the Blazers now. Uh, the lob to Shaden where as he's throwing this up there and Shaden's about to slam it down, the, the, the photo that Bruce Eli captured is just Trenton like doing a little kind of giddy up, a little jump in the background. Trenton even called it afterwards. He said it's a better photo than the LeBron James Dwayne Wade. Uh, oop. <laughs> <laughs> That's like been uh, been world famous for a while. It was awesome, man. It was a real cool night to see Shaden go off in such a big win. He also had great games against Chicago and OKC. The next two, they came in losses, but he got another 24 points against Chicago and then topped it against OKC on Sunday when you and I were there with all of our friends. 29 points, five rebounds, three assists in 35 minutes. So it's cool to see the, uh, the, the latest career high in person. Quick update from after our recording. Shaden topped that 29 for a new career high two games later against the Kings here in a home back-to-back, -back, notching 30 points, seven assists, seven rebounds, and a block while eating up almost 45 minutes of play for the Rook. Also got to the line four times, went 4-4, and 46% from deep, six of 13. The points and assists were both career highs for Sharp. The game itself wasn't great in the second half, ending 120-80 to against the Blazers, but Kevin Knox also got his first start for the team and got a double-double with 12 points, 12 boards, and has been looking pretty solid in these last few games. More on those games next episode. Uh, I think, I, what was the other stat? Oh, um, Paolo Banquero and Shane Sharp, the only rookies this season to have three consecutive games with 24 points or more. And that's with how little Sharp has kind of been playing until recently. Like, imagine if Sharp had been getting the same kind of run that Banquero's gotten all season. Right, right, but uh, you you mentioned all the good games. I actually think that crappy game he had against New Orleans was the most important game of this. Oh, right, yeah, New Orleans. Um, yeah, forgot about that one. But already kind but of he, blocked out of my head. But he had no. Here's the deal, though. He had a really bad game. Um, offensively wasn't great. No one was. Uh, defensively was really bad. Um, but I think that was the most important game that he's played because. He hasn't been put in those situations. He hasn't been given the leash by Chauncey, right? Ah, okay. So if yeah, he totally. were on the court and they're playing the Pelicans and it's December 5th, right? Mm -hmm. And he has that same type of performance. That's the night that he ends with seven minutes played. And we all question why he wasn't on the floor because the team was never in tank mode until the last two weeks. So don't get that one twisted. Everyone's like, no, they've been tanking all year. No, they haven't. They literally, no, they, what did I say? I said, uh, if I were them, I would ride it till the wheels fall off. That's what they did. They were trying yeah, for the yeah. playoffs until it was just apparent that there was no no chance. And so once that happened, he got more play. But, it, but when they were in playoff mode, he had a very, very short leash, as did Nasir Little, right? 
And so if they yeah, were totally. out there making those same defensive mistakes that he get, he made against New Orleans, he was getting pulled because they couldn't afford to have him on the floor for that. But because they're in this situation now where he's all they have because everyone else is sitting, that situation can happen with New Orleans and he still gets his 30 minutes and has to learn on the fly from those situations. There's no, you made two bad defensive plays against Brandon Ingram, so we're pulling you out. It's no, you're still on the right, court. Right. You need to find a way to, with adjust to adjust to that and learn on to the adjust. fly. Exactly. So yeah. I, I really do think that that loss in which he had an awful game, Keith, was the most important game of this four game stretch where he's been playing good or has been basically the star of the team because those were the real situations where he hasn't had a chance to learn that much this season because he wouldn't have been playing that much. That's a great point. No, you're absolutely right. I, a huge part of what we need to see from Shaden as far as getting him to that next tier. If we really want Shaden to be part of a roster built around Dame to be competitive. Like we, he's got to step up. He's not at the level yet where he could, if we're saying we're building an ideal roster, just some theoretical roster around Dame to be a competitive roster in Portland, Shane's not good enough to be in rotation yet, but he can get there. He could get there and the way that he would, or if he's going to get there, you're going to need to see him learn those kind of things where he's not just having the good scoring nights, but learning how to adapt, learning how to kind of adjust after mistakes. It's a great point. Of course it is, because I made it. I was mentioning the comparison between Sharp and Ben Caro a minute ago. Where do you put Shaden among his rookie class right now? Because I was mentioning it in the reference towards the idea of Sharp hasn't gotten the run that Paolo has so far this year. And so not, not talking long-term projections, but right now, where do you put Shaden among the rookies? Oh, man, that's a, that's a good question. Um, man, let me think here for a sec. That's... He's had his moments, that's for sure. Gosh, he's been good. I don't know. Uh, like I said, you got to go down the list here real quick. I, I maybe put him yeah, around. Time. I, I'd maybe put him around ten. Walker Kessler's been incredible. Uh, such Kessler's a, been amazing. Such a quick yeah. defensive adjustment. Like uh, Jalen Williams has been good. Um, Keegan Murray, good, obviously. Uh, Paulo Bencaro, stud. Uh, Jabari Smith. Um, not great, but he's been really good. Keegan Murray, there's my favorite uh, in, in Benedict Matherin. Um, uh, Jaden Ivey has been good. Granted, he's on a really bad team. You know, and then you got a couple others who have been serviceable for what they're doing. So he's probably in like that, you know, that, gosh, kind of kind of that Jalen Duran range. Like, I, I mean, some people put Jalen Duran high, but I don't know. I like all those other guys better uh, for what they've done myself. Yeah, I, I think you go down the list. I think objectively, you can you can probably say he's been tenth, eleventh, twelfth best rookie uh, in, in spurts. Just the last you know handful of games, he's been a top five guy. That's he's been a stud. But that the rookie class, I actually think, is a pretty good rookie class last year. When you know, again, everyone said it wasn't going to be a good one. But no, I, you know, I think somewhere around ten is is completely fair. I can see that. I can see that making sense. I saw a list. Uh when I was looking up some of these earlier, had Shaden at 15th among the rookie class. I thought it that, made sense. That's you know, fair, too. That's fair. Yeah. None of his numbers stood out. He was right below Jalen Williams on that list and ahead of uh, Malachi Branham. Christian Coloco right below. Benedict Mathurin right above. Jaden Ivey right above that. Paolo came in at six. They also had Walker Kessler at number one on that list, so it kind of follows with what you were saying. Something else that kind of surprised me, a little side note, Jabari Walker, only 33rd. He's not that far down the list, really. Wow. Well. 
he should he he's in the not receiving votes category. So <laughs> I'm just saying, like they they had 47 rookies on the list for this year. Jabari Walker going from end of the draft to up to 33rd. I, that's that's pretty good improvement from the dude. I'm I'm happy with that. But yeah, Shaden Sharp having him top 15, top 10. I think that fits. What about projection wise? Like what you've seen from Sharp this season, and especially in the recent run, long term. How far? Do you think he comes out ahead of Palo? Do you think Walker Kessler holds up that long uh, into his career? Uh, where, where does he, where does Shaden Sharp sit long-term in your mind? Oh, long-term? Oh, man. That's such a tough question and something that's really hard to project. I don't know if he ends up being better than Paulo. Paulo Paulo's a day-one stud, man, and a day-one yeah, stud's yeah. only going to get better. I also think Jabari Smith's going to get better. We still haven't seen Chet Holmgren, who's part of this rookie class. I think Keegan Murray is a guy who has the sky's limit type of type of talent. Uh, as I said, my favorite player in that draft was uh, Ben Matherin, who I think is only going to continue to get better. Uh, but uh, and Matherin is, I don't think he has the same uh, offensive ceiling that, that Shaden does. He's a much better defender though. Mm. I think when this, this one all shakes out, I, I, I think there's a legit chance when their careers are done that Shaden Sharp ends up being like a top five guy out of this class. Um, I could see that yeah. just because the, the the flashes he's the flashes he has shown are some of the brightest in this entire rookie class. The flashes. Yeah. Now you compare the flashes with the consistency. It's Ben Carroll and then everybody else, right? Right. And then yeah. you look at like a Walker Kessler. Like Walker Kessler might be like Walker Kessler is like a Rudy Gobert clone, just like like a little a little cheaper because he's on that rookie scale deal, right? <laughs> but he's a, he's a defensive guy, and he 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 acclimated very very quickly. Um, but again, you go down the list and there's, there's names in there that might surprise you overall. But, but again, if you're going just on the flashes, you've seen, he's shown some incredible flashes. So, uh, I'll just say maybe a top five guy when it's all said and done. I could see that. Uh, and you know, talking about sample as well, Paolo's averaged 33.8 minutes this season. So we've gotten to see a lot of what Ben Carroll can bring Shaden Sharp. 21.2 minutes over the whole season. And yeah, so that, that's yeah, obviously but, taken up more recently, but, but. When Shaden plays, you see a guy that's trying to learn and you see a guy who's making mistakes and you see a guy who still doesn't have like his athleticism uh, is out ahead of his grasp of the game at this point. The grasp of the game has to catch up. There was never a game, even like the last few where he set his record where like he took over a game like this dude is just he's unstoppable. He's gone. He's gone you know, king mode or god mode or whatever. Right. It's not all clicking yet. It's, It's not all automatic yet. But Paul there has been games where Paulo might have been the most productive player on the court either team considered. Sure, like sure. he's had he's had those type of games. It's it's incredible what he's done as a rookie, really. And and I'm not even trying to make it too direct comparison between Bancaro and Sharp, but just saying Paulo Bancaro of all the top 15 rookies on this list, right? With Shaden Sharp coming in at 15. Paulo leads the the whole group in 33.8 minutes per game. There's only three people above Shaden Sharp on the list that have averaged a smaller sample than he has. Only three of those 14 rookies above him have had less than 21.2 minutes per game. Uh, so yeah, just we. My my only point being, there's a lot that we still haven't seen from Sharp relative to these other dudes, and I'm I'm with you. Oh I'd no, to, for sure, for sure. And, and like I said, it's totally possible that he ends up being a top five. Oh, I yeah. love that thought. because, like I said, the flashes. The flashes yeah. have been brighter than any other rookie. I don't, I, and I'll take that one to my grave the flash the flashes have been spectacular 
It's just Sharp's got hot flashes. It's just what connects those flashes that you need to work on. All right, well, that does it for the the difficult questions, the the tough theoreticals that I'm going to uh, throw at you. What what we have up next, Chris? We're getting it. We're getting to it. We're finally here to the Trailcasters AMA. Ask us everything, anything, whatever is on your mind. We put this out on Discord. We put it out on Twitter too. Kind of last minute on Twitter, and you know, like we said earlier, Twitter is kind of burning down. I didn't expect a whole lot there, but the Discordians came through. We had a bunch of our friends give us some questions, some Blazer related, some very much not. We're gonna get as many of these in here as we can. And listeners, just one more reminder: if you Want to throw your questions in? You could do it on Twitter when we post those, if we remember to post those, if we feel it's worth posting on Twitter, because, you know, burning. But if you come and join the Discord, I guarantee you will get your questions, your input on the pod. You can come and share your thoughts. You can ask questions. You can say that you want to come and join us for a rant at some point. We can schedule that in so Chris doesn't get too overwhelmed with everyone coming in all at once. <laughs> we get all, all, the, all the parties going in here. Besides all that on the Discord, you, we've we've got live episodes of this pod. We've got other podcasters, other local artists, game access with the third bench, like I said, swag exchanges, game night chats, all of it, all the fun, all the awesomeness. Come and join the Discord. We're rocking 24-7 right now. We're going to keep rocking all summer. Come and join us. The link is in the episode description. All right, Chris, question number one. Coming in from Jason Living in NorCal. Pick your favorite John Wick movie. I haven't watched one. What? You haven't watched one? I haven't watched one. What? You haven't seen any of the John Wick movies? Hey, last month I watched the opening episode of Breaking Bad, okay? For the first time. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, don't oh my god me. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You've watched all the John Wicks. You've watched all The Last of Us. I want to know, how many kids do you have in your house <laughs> with control of the remote to the TV. Oh, we have planned that very well. We have zero. Our dogs have not yet learned how to okay. use the remote. Exactly. Also, I know you. You're very much like me with this. You see shows that you want to watch, but you can't bring it upon yourself to watch them without Abby around, right? So you mm -hmm. have to find mm -hmm. it in your you know schedule. You have to find it in your schedule for a nice night together where you both can watch. Because if you watch an episode or a movie without her, you'll never hear oh, the end oh. of it. And vice oh, versa. Oh, it'd be a horrible idea. That's yeah. also how it works in my house. The difference between <laughs> you and Abby and me and my wife is because of the damn basketball schedule, I never get home till one o'clock in the morning. She's asleep. <laughs> so now I can't go watch the latest episode of The Last of Us. Like, we have planned this out. Like, oh, guess what? I don't work tomorrow. We can finally watch a new episode tomorrow. And my kids, they run the house. So in the middle of the day, when I'm not working, because that's the one plus of, you know, not getting home till one o'clock in the morning. It's like, today, I don't have to leave for work till three o'clock. But, yeah, yeah. but from the morning until I leave at three, do you think do you think I get to put John Wick on the TV or do you think <laughs> Bluey is going on right down there or Mickey Mouse's Clubhouse or Gabby's Dollhouse right the kids I have three kids Keith they they own Disney Plus they they own the TV so my my movies and my plans they have to be they have to be planned out because my wife and I tried watching a movie a while back and just had to give up because the like John Wick is one of them like <laughs> yeah like if i'm trying to watch john wick in the loft but every 10 minutes a kid who doesn't want to fall asleep mom i need a glass of water and she walks Can out have the a glass locker, <laughs> why is that guy shooting that guy in the face yeah yeah like okay well guess we're done watching this movie so like if i want to get back if i want to get in on the john wicks then i have to look at my wife's schedule she has to look at mine we have to sit down 
at the desk together. I'm like, okay, well, uh, right now it looks like June 24th is open. You wanna you wanna put down John Wick for that? So I have to be picky and choosy with the movies I have to catch up on, Keith, that's all. And mainly it's because uh, out of respect for my wife, I will not watch a movie that I know that she will like without her around, because I will not hear the end of it. I, I, I respect it. I fully understand what you're saying. I'm in a similar boat. Maybe we just have a little more flexibility for, for certain reasons, for sure. And you know, Full shout out to Danielle. Hey! Fully respect that that you you got to watch the shows with her, and I I know that she would uh, tear your face off if you dared <laughs> to try and watch a new episode of The Last of Us without her. She'd be like one of the clickers coming in there. <laughs> I get it. I'm not I'm not offended. It just caught me by surprise. I mean, it's like I get that you can't watch a lot of these movies, but haven't seen any of the John Wick movies. But my at the same time, God, I also man. get my entertainment a little more from video games than I do movies. So you have watched That's the John, you, you had been caught up on the John Wicks, but you also blew my mind when I'm like, whoa, whoa, you haven't played Red Dead 2? What are you doing? You're missing oh, all the greatest, fair. greatest games ever made. And the, also, that is a good touche. Also, when you devote your time to video game storytelling, here's the thing, maybe I should go watch the John Wicks because Dead or uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, took like 120 hours of my time that's a lot like, <laughs> that's a lot of john wick so maybe i'm just doing it all wrong but again the wife doesn't like video games so yeah I can yeah, yeah. It into video games without her except now i can't do that because they're making really good t tv shows based on video games so last night she's like when are we gonna watch the next episode because i want to see if my theory holds through I'm like, what's your theory? She told me. I'm like, yeah, you're wrong because I played it. I played the game last night. So <laughs> she's like, no, you didn't. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't spoil the episode. I didn't really play the game last night to spoil the episode. But but uh, <laughs> but, but, but Danielle, I hate to break it to you, The Last of Us is a decade old. But full credit, last night, last night, because my it, it's spring break right now. So the girls are having a slumber party with mom and dad every night. They like to go sit out in the loft or downstairs, turn a movie on and watch it. And usually it's like little kid movies, but... We went to OMSI yesterday because that's what they wanted to do. With Mar they have the Marvel exhibit at OMSI right now. Uh, shout out back. That was my original love. I just forgot it when we did Love, Hugs, and Hate Mail because the little ah, Marvel exhibit nice was awesome. But then they were all yeah. into it. So last night I'm like, oh, does this mean we can finally do it? We, we can watch Iron Man tonight, not a Disney movie? Nice. They wanted to watch Iron Man. <laughs> yes. 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 So they watched Iron Man <laughs> last night. They both fell asleep early. Victory. But, but when Iron Man comes out of the cave, and uh, the very first time as Iron Man, and then he shoots the flamethrowers out, of his, <laughs> out yeah. of his arm. It was so funny because Peyton, my seven-year-old, she just goes, what? <laughs> he has lasers out of his arms? No, that's a flamethrower. She called him lasers? Yeah, oh, that's a flamethrower, babe. Either way, he thought she thought it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> I want another like, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Next question coming from Deepak. Since the team has waved the white flag, Start a prospect of the week segment where you guys do a crash course on lottery prospects and give first impressions. Okay, look, I'm just going down these questions in order that they came in. I am not filtering these. I'm not choosing which ones we want, but I'm just going to say, and actually Mac Deuce responded uh, here as well for me, told Deepak, you're barking up the wrong tree with that one. <laughs> uh, basically referring to me that I'm, everyone knows, everyone on the Discord has gotten the impression by now, I'm not the draft guy. I don't care about the dudes until they're wearing a Blazer uniform. Even when they make the NBA, they don't really matter to me except for being kind of Blazers adjacent or Blazers opponents. 
Uh, so I cannot really do much of a prospect of the week segment, but Chris, you got any uh, any prospects on the tip of your tongue uh, today? Today's uh, prospect of the week here on Trailcasters is the Frenchman, Victor Wembenyama. He's seven oh, foot Oh, I've plus. heard this name before. He's very long and lengthy. He's a unicorn. He's a mix of Kevin Durant and Kristaps Porzingis with the handlings of... The handlings! The handlings <laughs> of a shooting guard. <laughs> Let's do it, though. I'll give you a prospect of the week next week. I'm going to dive into one okay. just for the show because this is a guy that I think uh, may be available should the Blazers finish where they currently are slated to finish at six and not jump up or have what happened last year where someone else jumps up so they move back a pick. Uh, a guy that might be available in that range uh, is Jarris Walker. Uh, and that's a name that I like a lot. I do like his game. What do I like about his game? I will give a more definitive breakdown of it on next week's Trailcaster. So keep that name. You guys can go look that up uh, if you want to do some research yourself as well. But I'll do a breakdown on that one, uh, and then I'll maybe I'll throw a couple other prospects out there for you guys so you guys don't have to do the research. But we will start our prospects of the week next week, uh, and I'll help Keith out on that end until the draft happens. Well, there we go. CD Puck, uh, you, you asked the question, and even if I cannot provide an answer, that's why we've got the professional Mr. Burkhardt around here, because Burke time doesn't stop. He's got you covered. Now we've got a new segment for, the, for future pods. Love it. All right, Deepak had a follow-up question. Alternatively, give a list of players you'd be willing to put Shaden in the trade block for as part of a bigger deal or a loan, your choice. I probably should have read that alternatively as part of the original, and I could have just gone with that one as you do the uh, 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 prospect of the week segment. But, okay, here we go. Players would be willing to put Shaden on the trade block for making Shaden as part of a deal, like we've talked about many times on here and just, you know, around among Rip City in general. If you had untouchables on this team when it comes to trades, obviously Dame, we're building around him. If there's anyone else on the team that is untouchable, it's it would be either Jeremy Grant or Shaden or both. I'm not even sure who really comes first on that list. Probably Jeremy Grant because we're building around Dame. Well, Jeremy Shaden, Grant's though, technically be... untouchable because you can't trade him. His contract's up. And then if you re-sign ah, him, there, you can't there you trade go. him. So technicality. Te technically, he is already untouchable. Not more untouchable than Dame just because he's technically untouchable, but he is a solid number two then. So Shaden would be the third guy that I just would not want to put him in any trade unless it absolutely had to be done. That should kind of give you an idea of what kind of trades I'd be looking at. We've been talking about the possibility of if Philly falls apart. If Harden wants to go back to Houston, would Joel Embiid yes. be available? That would be uh, someone that you definitely would be putting Shaden on the block for. Short of that, like when other guys we've talked about, OG, uh, Ananobi, or Pascal Siakam, I don't think that they are worth uh, a Shaden Sharp. I think you got to make yeah. that deal happen with just a, an Anthony Simons and a Yusuf Nurkic and a Nasir or Justice or whatever else it takes. But I think Shaden is too untouchable for uh, for a player on the level of OG or Pascal or John Collins as another name we've talked about. Uh, I don't know. Outside of like a true superstar level all-star like Joel Embiid, who would you add to that list? Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I'm not throwing Shaden Sharp in a deal for OG on Anobi or Pascal Siakam. Those guys are both really good players. They could help Portland out a ton, but I think that's an Anthony Simons type deal. Um, I threw out the name earlier this year, and, and uh, like uh, maybe now it's changed a little bit just because Shaden's look so good, but like a DeMar DeRozan type. I know a lot of people didn't like that because he's older, but at the same time, dude's an all-star. So it's like that. that I didn't say i would i wanted to rosen as much as like the all-star like if you're trading if you're if you're giving me shade and sharp or if i'm giving you shade and sharp you are giving me an all-star a guy who's right. proven not a fringe guy 
You're not giving me uh, OG Ananobi, who might never be one, or Pascal Siakam, right. who's up, and yeah. you're giving me the guy, right? Yeah, um, not even just a dude who's been an all-star before, and yeah, it has to be someone who's like a perennial star all-star type. Yeah, thing, right? I think I, I think there is a move that I I would really consider it. Um, I, I think you can maybe get it done without, uh, and that is if Miami blows up. If Miami decides that it's time for them to, to hit a little mm. bit of a reset, um, I think, and I'm not saying again. Keep in mind, I'm not. I'm not throwing these out here as rumors. I'm just saying the type of thing that I think would 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 entice me before anyone says, "Well, Burkhart said this is a possibility." Um, but if you could get uh, 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 Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo package, Whew, then maybe boy. you do because you just you just you filled a lot of holes with both those players. And if you put Bam and Jimmy around Dame. Mm, I, I would like that a lot. Wow. Now, now on the yeah. Joel Embiid front, uh, the, interestingly enough, Keith, this is wild to me. Wild. We had this conversation on the fifth quarter with Chad doing the other day when a caller called in and said that there's no one that he would trade Shaden Sharp for, and and Chad threw out the hypothetical. Eesh. So you're telling me if Philadelphia called and said they wanted uh, Anthony Simons and Shaden Sharp, and they would send you uh, Joel Embiid, and you can figure out the rest of finances later. Uh, you would say no, and that that fan said, "Yeah, without a doubt, I'd say no." Okay, Blazer, Whoa, Blazer geez, fan, bro. Blazer fan, stop! You don't hold stop. on. To, you don't <laughs> hold on to Anthony Simons, who is a really good shooting guard, but not an All Star guard yet, and might never be. And Shaden Sharp, who again, you're all living on the potential of what he could do. You don't hold on to those two and not take back, not an all-star, a legit MVP caliber, MVP, possible yeah. MVP this year, best player at his position uh, type play. No, you take that without it. Uh, you take it. Oh, all day. man, we'd have to empty the cupboard to do it. Okay, the cupboard might be bare for two seconds, but you have Dame and you have freaking joel and bead yeah what You'll are we get doing some free you agents that, that want to come in here and, and play with that core man that, that that will be fine also also a side note on joel and bead it's just funny that the, the the philadelphia 76ers are the third best team in the eastern conference okay if James Harden walks because of how talented Joel Embiid is at the particular position he plays. It's so much easier to plug and play four other players around him and field a competitive team than it is to do so with Damian Lillard. That is not a knock mm -hmm. on Dame. That is just the no, we that is, about that this, is yeah. just the historical uh, backtracking of point guards in the NBA. Okay, size matters. Yeah, but it's interesting that the Blazers are now in their second straight year of tanking. Dame has started to show signs of frustration. I do not believe any of the reports out there that they've already started to float with. That, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they move on this summer. No, I still think that Dame is signaling, you guys have pointed to this summer. I've had faith in you. If you don't get it done this summer, then I might realistically start thinking about what my future prospects are. So I don't think it's happening right now. But my point is, the Blazers are two years into a rebuild. And if you float the idea of trading Damian Lillard, Blazer fans tell you, oh, that's absolute nonsense. That's nonsense. There's no reason they would want to trade Damian Lillard. He's, he's in his prime and he's this and that, and they can still put pieces around him. But trading Joel Embiid, who's currently the face of the franchise for the third best team in the Eastern Conference. It's totally possible. The fourth or fifth 
fourth or fifth best team in the entire NBA. It's unavoidable. Yeah, it's just totally, it's gonna happen. It's just totally plausible. They're just they're just gonna want to trade him for nothing. It's inevitable. Joel Embiid being traded is going to have to be the same similar uh, same thing to Dame. It's going to have to get to the point where the 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 relationship where he asks out. Yeah, the the, the where, relationship like, he's have to say he doesn't want to be there. Is, is is beyond repair. Uh, right. But I just don't yeah. think that's the case right now with Joel Embiid and the 76ers. And, and and also, oh, yeah, but if James Harden goes back to Houston, James Harden is not the linchpin that holds the Philadelphia 76ers together. Like the like. No, but but I, I could see Harden's exit, though, being I mean, look, Harden has ha he has a bit of a streak now, just like we've talked about with Kyrie. He has a bit of a streak of going into teams and leaving a pretty sour taste when he when he exits. I could see if he leaves and heads back to Houston that maybe that's. If not the final straw for Joel, it's at least one more straw on the camel's back as far as, like, he's had a lot of frustrating years in there, man. A lot of uh, years where they haven't been able to get past the first round. A lot of times where they haven't been able to keep another star on the floor next to him. Uh, like, just, just compare to things that people talk about with Dame up here, you know? Like, Portland's lack of success and lack of talent around him. But, which is why I find uh, it funny when you, when you use those arguments that the idea of even trading Dame is asinine. But the idea of trading Joel Embiid is plausible. Well, yeah, because Dame's loyal and, and totally... Uh... Me and you have been saying this for a while, but every indication from Joe Cronin and company has been that the summer of 2023 has been the main focus, and they are currently set up to do incredible things. Secondarily, what people aren't thinking, this is something that does play into the, to this. Uh, Casey Johnson, Bulls Insider, reported this. This is something that I also talked about with Sean Hyken the other day, who... Hey has very strong ties to Chicago, having been down there reporting for a while. There is also a very strong belief right now, Keith, the Bulls do not have a pick this year. Ah. There is very, very strong belief that there could be incentive uh, should the Knicks make the playoffs and that, that, that pick that they have that would convey to Portland. There is a, a strong belief that Portland could send that pick to Chicago to unlock that with the one. protections of the other picks. Yeah. We're going to give you this Knicks 2025 pick. You're going to give us our pick back. Our pick back. Yeah. And totally. once we have that pick back, there's no more. It's, it's free game. And that would allow Joe Cronin to have a possible uh, top four pick, whatever. It's going to be you know, at least the top. Well, it could be worse, but he's going to have that worst. What a top nine pick. Seven, um, eight. Yeah. So he's going to have yeah. a lottery pick. Um, and possible seven years worth of first round picks to attach to that in a trade. Uh, and when that would make perfect sense for Chicago, if they go into the draft with no draft capital, because the Blazers, once they're good enough for that pick to convey to Chicago, it's just going to be a, a, a late first round pick anyway. Right. So it's, it's never going to be a lottery pick. So if you can, right. if you can send that, so why waste the time? Yeah. So why, if you like, can send that Nick to pick to them right now and unlock the, get your pick back and thus unlock the, you, you have opened up the door uh, totally to make that big move because now you have those four first round picks that it took the Phoenix Suns to land uh, Kevin Durant, right? So you have some mobility there. But if you have, if right, you so don't make a move with all that, those assets and your Dame. I'm not saying what's best for Dame. I've gone down that before, but if it were me, I would start to be frustrated. You also segued quite well into our next question from Jesse. We might repeat ourselves a little bit on some of that last stuff, but I'll edit around it. Jesse in Portland asking, a lot of speculation about the big swing this summer. What's the likelihood of a player that can make the Blazers instant contenders actually becoming available? I can only think of a handful of, uh, I can only think of a handful of those guys that are truly worth trading in all your chips for. Do you guys think it will happen? Or alternately, 
what do you think happens with the summer? We, we, we kind of are already kind of in the thick of this, covering this idea as far as the, the big swing. The likelihood of a player that can make the Blazers instant contenders. I'm not sure if I want to go that far with it. Like, I, I don't, even if we're talking, I mean, like, okay, short of Joel Embiid, short of a player like that, that, un, you know, as unlikely as it could be, if he became available and comes to Portland and we manage to make a trade for him, and then even if we have to reset with all these other guys, maybe that makes you more or less an instant contender, even though you'd have to fill in the pockets around Dame and Joel, depending on who gets moved uh, for him. Short of that, I don't know if there's any moves, even moves that I want to happen that are really making us instant contenders. As, and I, I think maybe part of the issue here, like we've talked about with Cronin's plan of patience and all this, this summer is definitely what it's all leading up to. Like there's, It's definitely the big swing happening this summer. I don't know if that means that it's going to be all done and set this summer. I don't know if the roster is going to instantly be made into that competitive or near contender status that we're hoping for. Like the big move, the big swing or two, yeah, that could happen. Move Simons, move Nurk, get uh, get defensive players in here, whether it's guard, wings, or bigs, whatever, and you'll have a better core around Dame. But I still think it's entirely possible that we'd be looking at the next deadline for picking up a few of those extra pieces, or at least seeing how the season goes towards the deadline and then if we're in position to make a run then you make extra moves at least for the first part of jesse's question i don't know if there's many moves at all that make us instant contenders but yeah like, like we just kind of covered in the last question though as far as who we'd move uh all of our chips in for it's gotta be a, a top tier dude like Embiid. otherwise yeah I'm, I'm holding sharp off the board and grant off the board well technically grant can't be on the board like you said <laughs> but everyone else yeah everyone else can go in what, what about you? Is there, a, is there an instant contender trade that you would go for that you could see uh, coming up? Ah, man. Uh, uh, again, um, good question. Uh, I, I, I like it. It's tough because you kind of have to go through all the different scenarios, who would be buyers, who would be sellers, uh, which you just don't know. Maybe we're all wrong and Joel Embiid is available. If Joel Embiid is available, uh, the answer is yes. Uh, that makes them a contender uh, overnight. How about this? How about this? What? You, you you brought up you brought up Bam Adebayo and Butler. Like if that was a move, if maybe Bama, a little Bama off Bama the Ad radar. If Bam Adebayo and Butler is a move, uh, I think that makes them a contender uh, overnight. That's, okay, um, there we go. Absolutely, it does. And maybe that's the type of move where you can, uh, like, I think you can maybe convince them a little bit because Bam Adebayo is young. He's good. Jimmy Butler's aging, right? Um, and if they hit rebuild mode, they're going to want a lot of assets. So maybe you could convince them uh, and Ant and Nurk other pieces and then just unload a ton of your picks on them and maybe get out of that without having to give up Shaden, right? Um, and yeah, and yeah, that okay. would be wonderful. That's a hard ask, but those picks are, would be yeah. very valuable. Um, so that's, That'd be sweet, though. You know, Contender status and hold on to Sharp. That's, yeah, that's, that, that's, that, that's ideal. That's, that's the dream. That's something I could definitely see uh, if you're getting if you're going for Joel Embiid say goodbye to Shaden Sharp. Uh, that's not what, right. That, yeah. That's being added there. Outside of that, Keith, it's tough because I still think that the, 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 the teams, or excuse me, the names that have been floated uh, over the years and, and this year in particular are still the names that I think might be in play for the Blazers at some point, whether that is John Collins in the future or an OG on Anobi, right? Pascal Siakam, I think would be another great one, but those, those ones move the needle, but not to instant contender status right like like i think john collins would be great but you still have holes Let, let's let's combine those two because like, that's okay. that's a, a that's a, a pair we've talked about for a while john collins and og ananobi if cronin could pull that off like some sort of anthony some sort of penny simons move for og over the summer 
and swings Nurk and picks or something like that to Atlanta, uh, trying to get off John Collins. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you that it's not contender status. What are we missing? Like, like how far off are we? You're still, if, if you're still, you're, 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 you're still far off. You're missing. You need a true multifaceted player, a guy who can play multiple positions, a guy who can cause matchup problems, right? You need your Giannis's of, of, of the world. Mm-hmm. You need that. Or you need a legit second all-star next to Dane. He hasn't had one since, since, since LaMarcus Aldridge. And if you don't get a guy who is a legit going to be an all-star that season, you need someone who has been there before and is that type of player. Case in point, like look at James Harden next to, next to, um, uh, Joel Embiid. Like he wasn't an all-star this year. Right. right? But he's still James Harden. So, so that gravity matters, but you look at, uh, Sacramento. So Sacramento has, uh, Fox and Sabonis that helps obviously guys like Booker and Durant together. You look at, as you just go through the standings, like every single one of these teams has legit tier one TB tier B guys, right? So the nuggets, it's obviously Jokic and Jamal Murray Grizzlies. It's obviously John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. Right. The Clippers, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Warriors, Curry, Thompson, Draymond. Then you start getting into, okay, the Timberwolves. Well, uh, it's, it's cat slash Gobert and Anthony Edwards, Pelicans, Ingram and Zion and CJ McCollum, the Lakers, AD and LBJ, right? Then you get into the Thunder. They, they're still building, but the Mavericks, they tried Kawhi, uh, uh, Kyrie Irving and, and Luka Doncic. That one's just not working out for various reasons that are that have nothing to do with Kyrie or Luca. It's just the team, right? But but <laughs> yeah. the point was when they tried to make their big move, what was it by doing? It was bringing in that true secondary all star. They like these teams, the star, yeah. These teams don't that are uh, legit contenders or in these conversations. They don't have a Batman and a Robin. They have a Batman and a Batman, right? <laughs> unless okay look at milwaukee so the second player on that team is chris middleton and maybe he's not a batman but when your Giannis is the best version of batman ever yeah robin's okay to have next to you but again the Cel- you but again yeah. the celtics jalen brown jason tatum two two studs mm. two all-stars we already did phoenix uh, uh uh cleveland the way they balance that bad boy out but jared jared allen is a stud and so is donovan mitchell right and that's uh, well, uh, i, I- no, what? I, f- I feel like for Blazer fans, this is the kind of thing, this is where Blazer fans, I think, get a little too attached to dudes like Penny. Like, they, they want to believe that, oh, this up-and-coming young dude playing next to Dame is going to be that second star, and it's just not that, it's not that level. At the very least, it's not the established talent like you're talking. Like, we need the established dude, not the dude who's still learning on the fly. And that's the point, because if I go, like, go down that list I just did, at what point does, yeah, it, yeah. does Ant come anywhere close to any of those guys when you're talking about a duo of players? Because that's the he duo that they built right now. The duo that they right. built is either Damon Ant or Damon Grant. And I love Jeremy right. Grant. I was big time in favor of the deal prior to it happening. Still love Jeremy Grant. But a, He's a working da- great here. But a, J- a Dame Grant combo is still not in that conversation with a lot of those combos. Right, if that's your one-two. Like the Donovan Mitchell-Jarrett Allen combo, way better. Yeah, yeah, I know. I I, I I mean, Jarrett Allen. And just as far as bouncing the floor, too. So it's just like, that's two all-stars, right? Yeah, yeah, legit all-stars. And again, you get like Jokic and Murray. Like Murray is, he's a really good second-tier player. But again, you have Jokic. That's that's the best version of Batman. It's it's like having Giannis, right? So, So your duo doesn't compete. You have a trio but your trio is Dame, who's who's your god, with with uh, just a couple betas right there. You need you need multiple alphas 
uh, is what you need. Two legit stars. And like the big three idea is great, but this league as it stands right now, man, is built around teams that have two studs and every single team that is in the top or in the conversation is built that similar way. Mac Deuce asked us a bit of a, he's setting up a, a bit of a scenario here. We're having, of course, as usual, our, uh, Requests for questions. Our prompt for questions turns into almost more of a discussion and a back and forth with some of our friends on Discord. Because that's what fun it is to have guys in there that just all can talk basketball. Uh, guys and gals and everyone. Like, we got lots of friends of all uh, perspectives that just love talking ball in there. So it's hard to make it just questions. It's hard to leave his question and not answer in the chat like I maybe have a habit to do sometimes as well. But BMAC was setting up... If the best option on the table is something like Simons plus the lotto pick for someone like OG or Collins, like we were just talking about, do we do that type of move at this point? No. I'm you, not, you think I, they don't? If Portland gets into that lottery where they're at right now, six, I'm not giving that pick up for OG on Anobi or John Collins. Okay, so the pick is kind of like the shade and shade. Now, if you wanted to do... If we're going to use the pick, it's got to be for good, I for think real so. Talent. If you want to do Ant... And that Nick pick, if you haven't used it to unlock the picks, or maybe you already use that Nick pick, so you have your own pick. So you want to do, uh, you want to do um, the Knicks and next year's first round, or uh, not next. You want to do um, a future first, yeah. Yeah, you want to do Ant and next year's first round pick. Yeah, I, I would do that for OG, and I would do that for John Collins, um, but not not the lottery pick. There's way too much value okay, in that, and okay. you're getting a filler type player back, like OG on Anobi. Get, fills a position of need and he's really good he doesn't put your team over the hump by himself now if you wanted to do og on anobi well if you want to do both those packages but say you want to do just one uh, if you wanted pascal siakam instead i might consider because pascal siakam again that's a 24 and 10 guy who is a all legit all-star type player he was an all yeah, again he was totally. an all-star last year and that might that's more of the type of move that that moves you but you still really have to convince me that getting rid of that first round pick a, a possible top six pick uh would be worth it to make that deal done but again if you got if you did ant and that pick and you got pascal siakam in return okay and you didn't have to give up shade and sharp in the process you're not in a bad spot and again position a need does everything that the team doesn't do well he does it well so that type of move is much more enticing than ant and that that lottery pick for john collins or og on a note bmac also had a quick follow-up here that i kind of want to touch on uh just because it's kind of an interesting point he says or uh after the stuff about og or collins or if the move is simons slash sharp and all the picks for Embiid or bam no i don't know if he's like laying out an exact package there but just the idea of if we are getting that big swing uh moving let's say simons and sharp for Embiid, like we've been talking about where does that leave the team if your fourth best player is nasir little so th that might be a little bit extra setup because again we don't know what this package is going to look like we don't know if nasir is really the fourth best if you're talking about having dame Embiid, grant uh uh, hard to say who else is going to be in here, like I said. But Mactus's last point. If it were three to four years ago, I'd say, yeah, do that trade if you can. To have Dame, Grant, and Embiid. You can figure the rest out in a summer or two. But that requires time that I don't think meshes with Dame's age. So this is the part that I was curious about your take on. Because, yes, we, we all get it. Dame is how old now? 32? He's getting up there in NBA years. Yep. He's technically past his prime uh, as far as the NBA prime is considered. But... He just had the surgery that had been put off for several years. He he's been putting up career numbers this season. I think it's I think it's totally feasible that 
Dame's age, the window that we have here is maybe a little more extended than people are giving credit for. Like we've talked for a while, the last season or two here about Cronin's plan being this path of patience, this idea that it's going to be several seasons. You couldn't, you shouldn't have expected things to all be done at the deadline. Just as I said earlier, I want big moves to happen this summer, but I don't expect it all to necessarily happen this summer. So I, I, I guess my point is I'm not as concerned with I, I don't feel like the end of Dame's window is coming up quite as abruptly as maybe BMAC and some other fans do. I think if it takes us two more years from here, if it takes us two more seasons to really build the team, I think that's okay. At 35 years old, I think Dame can still do enough of what he's doing right now to be a top-tier option on a top-tier competitive team in the West. Am I crazy? Mm, uh, uh, you're, 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 you're partially right. Regarding this. You're partially right, <laughs> like partially good. crazy. Um, I think you're partially right in the fact that Dame's window might be a little bit longer than some people think. I think there's still, you know, probably three years uh, that he can still play at a super high level. We will see, of course. Where I think you're crazy is continuing to build it within that window. No, 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 no. You want to build it as quick as possible and then take advantage oh, sure. take advantage of that window. So I wouldn't want to keep, if you're still trying to build this thing two years out, that's not what I want to be doing. Now, uh, uh, okay, now, okay. But so not, 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 not like building two to three years out, but the idea of like, if we build this summer and doesn't get it all done, we got to build more next year. So next year's not our competitive year. If you're not competitive. Two to three years from now is when we're finally competitive. No. You've 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 messed it up. You've messed it up. Too long. So you Too long so you got way. competitive for one year of that competitive under Dame's final window, and now no, you you have to, you have to dump everything into being trying to be competitive next year, Keith. Uh, back to part of B Mac's original question there. If they had a big three that was Grant, Embiid, and Dame, but who else would they have? Nasir Little is their fourth best player. I mean, uh, you go in there and you can you can get pieces to add, but keep in mind like. LeBron, Dwayne Wayne, and Chris Bosh won a title with freaking Mario Chalmers, guys. <laughs> Norris, that's a great, Norris that's a great Cole, comparison. Mike Miller playing <laughs> no minutes. Like uh, the the Boston Celtics big three. There you go. Leon freaking Poe, old ass <laughs> Sam Cassell, Eddie House, that that piece of petrified wood, Kendrick Perkins, Glenn Big Baby Davis. Yeah, these oh are my names. God. Championship, championship rings, <laughs> and these are guys who are playing like legitimate roles for that team. So if you have a right, big, yeah. if you have a big three and a legit big three, filling the pieces in around them becomes a lot easier. And Nasir Little, uh, yeah, I think I'm just fine with Nasir Little playing get alongside two legit MVP caliber players like Damian Lillard is in the MVP conversation this year if the Blazers are actually good. His numbers bear yeah. it out. The roster doesn't, unfortunately. Right, yeah, 100%. But, dude, Damian Lillard, and, and here's the deal. How good is Damian Lillard? You guys, you, uh, Keith and the rest, you, you, you Blazer fans, hey. you fanatics who pine over this guy, who worship the ground he walks on, who thinks he's the greatest Blazer player of all time. I'm not taking that away from you. It's absolutely fair. That's how good the guy is. If you go get Joel Embiid, Damian Lillard is the second best player on your team. Oh. And no, that should not be controversial. <laughs> that should not be controversial. But are, so are you really going to be upset that you might have to run Nasir out there or he's your fourth best player under this when Damian Lillard is the second best player on your team? I am 
biting my lips so hard because I can't argue with what you're saying. I just don't like having to uh, uh, affirm it in any way. <laughs> but no, no you're totally right about Nasir. This a bad thing. That's just how. No, how you're you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. End. Oh, and you get to throw Jeremy yeah. Grant on there in that same situation. Like, right, God, right. dude. No, I, you're, you're 100% like, right. I, I've defended this. I love Damian Lillard as much as the next guy. That's why I, I have also my my inner fan has shown a little bit because I I'm not on the trade Dame train either. But you have to unbiasedly look at this thing from the basketball point of view. And if Joel Embiid is on your team, Damian Lillard is yeah. not the best player. And if you have Joel yeah. on your, Embiid on your team and Damian Lillard still ends up being the best player, well, maybe you got a busted Joel Embiid to come to town, <laughs> and that's not what you want. And again, hey, here, how about that? Just, just, you know, just to to, to make the kind of the, the balance with my blazer fan heart capital b capital f kind of thing uh yes I'm, I'm with you i could i could admit that if joel Embiid is on the team with dame Embiid is the best player it's still dame's team though that i didn't say it wasn't okay cool as long as we're good with that then, okay we're good look at the boston celtics team that i just referred to and look at the miami team i just referred to that miami heat team was Dwayne wade's team right right he was the second best player on that team and everybody knew it himself included I'm, I'm with you. I agree with your point. I think a lot of general fans would have a harder time saying that was Dwayne Wade's team just because a lot of general fans were probably a lot less aware of Dwayne Wade until oh, LeBron was playing That's with. just straight. D Dwayne Wade was was arguably the best shooting guard in the entire league at the time. He was the, fa I'm not, he, yeah. he was the face of that franchise. And for the same argument that people make, how many people pay attention to Damian Lillard outside of Portland, right? Like people within that market, right. that was Dwayne Wade's team. He was the yes. Miami Heat. When LeBron James I don't came disagree to town, he was the best player on that team, but it was still Dwayne Wade's team. Nobody wavered I, I, on that. Go to the Boston Celtics team. Kevin Dur or Kevin Garnett was the best player on that team. The big ticket. Right. But that was Paul Pierce's Boston Celtics team. All right. Two more uh, lighthearted questions here for a second. Then we've got a few more basketball Blazer-centric ones, and we'll, then we'll get out of here. From Terry. Quick shout out to Terry, one of our guys on the third bench. He's leaving us this season. After this season, he's gonna he's moving, unfortunately, down to California. We're gonna miss him. It's been a great time, Terry, having you as part of the third bench. Obviously, I we know we've talked about this already. You'll be back for games up here with the Blazers. Ah, uh, it's 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 been great, my friend. Sending all the love to you. Terry asks, "What is your favorite chant of all time and your favorite chant from this season? You got any uh, any favorite sports chants, Chris? Oh man, um." There's not as many creative chants in basketball, but I mean, you know, no. being a baseball guy or baseball doesn't have a ton of chance either. Gosh, if if I think of my my favorite chant all time, I got to go with uh, something from Timbers games. Yeah. And it's not one of the Timbers like signature songs. I'm not a huge fan of the Sunshine ones. I think it kind of honestly brings down the mood and the momentum and the pace at the end of games yeah. when you play it. But in the beginning of games, whenever you go to a Timbers game, you pull out your keys when they're doing the opening lineups and you start singing, go home, you bums, go home, you bums, go home, you bums, go home, as you're jangling, dangling your keys and just kind of jingling everything out there. And that's fun. It's just a great way to start the game. You get up, you get a little rowdy with your fellow fans. You're standing there and you're like kind of waving, putting the keys in the middle finger as you do it. That's That would be my all-time favorite. Well... They don't. They don't do it anymore, right? Because uh, we 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 live in PC culture sometimes, where you can't have fun. <laughs> uh, Portland boys, Ooh. we are here was probably my favorite chant to li oh, listen to. Oh yeah, and they removed it for reasons. I don't need to get into that. <laughs> but uh, just sitting in the media 
uh, in the press box, listening to the uh, the 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 army belt that one out. Uh, just the, the cadence in which it was sung lyrically, I thought it was. I know controversial uh, lyrically. I I just I thought it was. I thought it was great. I know why we cancel it. I'm not trying to get into that. Sometimes people just just understand that it, that a chant as a game is not a, a, a cry for how people live their lives. Okay, we're just we're just having fun within that chant. But regardless, I had to to be completely fair. Had to look up the lyrics at one point to know what they were chanting. All I know is like the oh oh I'm going to say some words oh. <laughs> oh my gosh and then it, oh it just just the way it flowed i loved i loved hearing it. it it when you talk about uh uh you are my sunshine bringing down a vibe the way that one was it, it, yes. it brought up a vibe so uh, again i'm not trying to be controversial i'm not even going to get into the why it, it was sung and why it's not and and but but when it just comes to a chant that made me yeah. perk up like god i love hearing that in an arena that's probably my all-time favorite it's, it's that call and response thing. It's a great shout chorus kind of format to just kind of get you going, you know? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's a good one. Okay, favorite chant from this season, though. I've actually got one relating to the NBA. We've seen this kind of going around. Uh, uh, shout out to Kevin Dew on Twitter, one of our Ripsity friends, who I think was the first to kind of tag this or link this. And then Terry, who asked this question. Up in the third bench, we, we, we never really made it happen. We gave it a couple of efforts this year uh, where after a Blazers victory... We were following suit from uh, the link that Kevin Dew posted on, on Twitter, of, uh, I think from some soccer hooligans, singing Savage Garden, Truly Madly Deeply. <laughs> right. And the, 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 the video link is a whole bunch of, uh, I, I believe, English dudes uh, singing. Not, not bad. Like, they've got harmonies. A bunch of these, like, you know, grown men holding beers in their hands, just kind of belting out Truly Madly Deeply with, like, a three-part harmony. It didn't sound bad at all. When we tried it in the stands, it was a little more difficult to do, especially <laughs> after you've been screaming yourself hoarse over the course of a, of a Blazer game yeah. that maybe wasn't going as well. But yeah, truly, madly, deeply, sang in the third bench at Blazer <laughs> Games. That's got to be my favorite chant from this season. So listeners, cool. if you want to come be part of that in the future, come and join the Discord. Like I say, I know the Timbers, what, they've changed the lyrics to that song uh, uh, to make it more appropriate. <laughs> and that's fine with me. Do, do that. They tried. Uh, they tried, uh, too. Yeah, they tried. Closing on the end here, uh, our, our last non-basketball question, as I look forward to the rest of them, from Seth, our guy Sheriff of Portland, hey. who's now just Seth Morgan, so I guess he's not trying to lay down the law too much. <laughs> uh, Chris, this question is directly for you from Seth. Why doesn't Giphy work on mobile? Why doesn't Sheriff know how to do mobile? Because I get Giphy to work on mobile Discord all the time. <laughs> I think that's a user error problem. Have you uh -oh. checked? Have you checked your? Uh, have you checked your settings? Do you need a, uh -oh. an iOS update? Do you, <laughs> what's going on? You're, you're, here? you're calling out. You're calling out tech difficulties let's on see. like the let's on the see. technician on the tech guy. Let's see. This <laughs> he's, is he's gonna come this, for you. This is this is a live test right now as we speak. The phone is open. <laughs> I am on the Discord mobile app. Uh, where did he put this in? Podcast questions. Okay, so yep, we're, yep. We're, you're, we're all gonna learn how this app works together. Uh, oh nope. See, I can't find it because BMac had to go through and post a bajillion things and. <laughs> you know, I don't know. And uh, okay, hold on. So now we're gonna go see. Now I can't find it. What the heck? How come I can't find it? Oh, it's well, it's right above the GIF uh, from uh, from Mad Max. Right above the Mad Max. Oh, and the bait Evil. one. Okay, see, see, bait. That's bait. That's bait. That's bait. That's bait. <laughs> now you gotta scroll because you know again, everyone destroyed it. So we're gonna reply, and I'm going to go to. Uh, I'm gonna respond to this. And like, okay, oh, so I click the little emoji thing. Oh, look, when I click the emoji thing, there's a gift, a gif option. Now, granted, it says via tenor, but it's still a gif. 
So uh, yeah, that's not Giphy though, man. That's not Giphy. Like he's he maybe he because Giphy you can get your own gifts going. You can have like your custom little library and personal set. I love my archive of Giphy gifts, man. I got some some Josh Hart arms up in the air like Steve Holt gifts and different things that I put together myself. Okay, I guess uh, we'll let him. We'll let him. But win. again, I'm I'm with you though. I because I I'm pretty sure I've used my Giphy gifts on on Discord before when we're having our game night chats. All right, so what we're gonna do? We're gonna Josh do Hart then gifts. as another test. We're gonna go to Giphy real quick. I'm gonna go to. Uh, I'm going to go to my archives here. We're going to see what's up here. I'm just going to you know, just pick the very first GIF I see on Giphy, which is the sloth from uh, uh, Zootopia. There we go. Zootopia. Nice. We're going nice to we're going to we're going to do this. We're going to we're going to go over here. We're going to we're going to just scroll to the bottom. I'm not even going to respond to anyone. And we're just going to we're just going to paste it. See, <laughs> see what happens. We're going to get we're going to get Giphy to work live on air. Because that's what we do, even though Keith is taping this and is going to cut out half this rant like any good producer. <laughs> Voila, I just copied and pasted from Giphy. Hey, confirmed. It worked. Giphy works. <laughs> Deepak asks, who would you take in a 76ers heat matchup? This is as much a Doc versus Spolster question, or maybe Jimmy versus Harden. Who would you trust in a playoff type question? So who is your pick? Uh, probably just rapid fire these a little bit. Who's your pick between the 76ers and the Heat? Philly. You're taking Philly? Yep. Uh, I think you're probably right. Although I have zero faith in Harden and I love Spolstra. Spolstra is one of the best at making adjustments as far as the coaching goes. Miami's a really great unit. They they are very good at kind of adjusting from what we've seen in the would past. You, AMA. I'd, I'd like to take Heat. AMA, would you trade Shaden Sharp if the Miami Heat gave you Eric Spolstra? Oh, it, would I trade Shaden oh. Sharp for an upgraded coach? Oh. Holy shit! <laughs> oh my god! Whoa! Jeez, man, going off the board—that's like that might be the <laughs> might be the toughest question so far. Oh, it's a Oh, because man, going from the one of the worst coaches in the NBA, if not the worst, to one of the best coaches in the league who has local connections up here and is just so good at the adjustments—the thing that we need. And, and Miami has a history of <laughs> defense. Oh, I don't, I, I don't even think <laughs> it's be hard to say no, CJ, but I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, it's yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the technicality. I'm going to go with the technicality that it's not allowed, so I don't have to answer it. <laughs> okay, but man, fine. that is tough. All right, well, I'm going Philly. What's <laughs> our right. next question? Next question. Based on what you've seen so far, this, this one also from Deepak. Based on what you've seen so far, if you had to choose between Kevin Knox for three mil or having to pay Reddish five mil, who do you pick? Uh, well, those numbers are really close together. Um, they match out well. This is a uh, really a good question. Uh, because again, I think in the grand scheme of things, the five mil and the, and the three mil, uh, don't make that much of a difference. I will say that I've seen things I like from Cam Reddish. I've also seen things I like from Kevin Knox. Um, uh, I'm just going to go off of not what roster sheets tell me or, or what, you know, just what I've seen in the, in, in person. Uh, I like Kevin Knox better cause he's bigger. He's he's a really? big stout dude. He's a lot longer than I thought, uh, and I think I, I think he can fit well for a team being that you know twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth guy. Uh, Cam Reddish has shown shown some flashes as well, um, but I, I'm I'm really not down on either of them. I'm not up on either of them. I just know being at the games lately is like, gosh, Kevin Knox is his size is really really hard to compete with. I, I got you. I see where you're going with that. Kevin Knox is nice to watch, man, especially right now when we don't have size. But maybe that's part of it is this this team is lacking so much size in these recent games that he's kind of standing out in a way. I, li I like what I'm I, – I have been 
more impressed from Reddish than I thought I would. Yeah. Like I he he came in here instantly kind of with maybe um, maybe kind of not really getting the benefit of the doubt taking the spot from Nas and I I love Nasir a little. I was kind of pissed about that right off the bat so kind of maybe wasn't happy with Cam, but dude, his handles uh he can attack the the rim. He can play make. And one of the things we've talked about all season is this team needing a little more playmaking and length and you know like uh I haven't been talking about the team need more scoring, but you certainly can make that argument, and he can do that too. I'm probably leaning Reddish, especially if it's only 5 mil versus 3 mil. Like, if Reddish was going to cost us more, if Cam had a bigger contract, it might be different. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess we're divided on that one. Huh, it doesn't happen too often. And at 3 mil, that's, that's, that's dirt cheap. That's, that's dirt yeah. cheap for a guy of his size. Yeah, it's a team option. It's a club option. Yeah, yeah he has a $3 million dollar team option. And if you're looking to fill out the back end of your roster, he's a guy you want. And then Cam Reddish, mm. we'll see what happens with restricted free agency. But if you can get him at five, then you retain that. So there's a good chance you can end up keeping both of them just for your financials. Anyway. Final question from Deepak. And again, shout out to all of you that have helped. We've got one more from Deepak, one more from Jason. And we're getting out of here. If the line on Portland wins for the rest of the season is 0.5, do you take the under or the over? The over. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think Portland is winning at least one more game this season. Uh, also, Deepak, you were worried that because you don't gamble that you didn't phrase that right. You nailed it, buddy. You got that one. <laughs> send it at a, send it at a, a half or a 1.5 or a 2.5 is how you do the over-under. I forget that plenty of the time as well but uh yeah i I, chris you and i are we're we're both going over we think at least one more win's coming for the record this has already happened since our recording blazers beat the minnesota timberwolves last sunday in minnesota 107 105 we are really kind of hoping it doesn't happen again though as we've got three teams right behind us in the race to the bottom and we don't want to lose those draft odds we'll talk about this more next week after the season is over who do you think the blazers beat san antonio yeah san antonio is that win San Antonio is the one. Clippers, Golden State are going to be fighting for playoff position because they're all within games of yeah. each other. So even that last yeah. game of the year might matter when it comes to either wow. getting in the play-in or not, right? Um, so those guys are going to be going at it. Memphis, even if Memphis sits players and comes at you half strength, is really, really good. Um, I think San Antonio is the rebuilding team that you know is probably going to be the easy uh, W for for the Blazers. So you take that one. Final question from our guy Jason, living in NorCal. He started the AMA. He's ending it for us. Thank you again to all of the listeners and friends and fam on Discord. I said I haven't watched John Wick. I'll watch it this week. Jesus. <laughs> Shout out to Jason. Hey, shout out to Seth. Hey, shout out to Terry. Hey, Deepak. Hey, Mac. Hey, Jesse. Hey. I think that's all what we had for the crew today but y'all were oh, y'all are awesome with the questions thank you again listeners come and join the discord be part of this the next time we do it the final question for the day from jason what percentage will you put on each of these players still being on the team to start next season penny simons yusuf nurkic nasir little Shaden sharp and trennan watford so we got five players well, let's go one at a time i'm gonna start at the bottom of the list how likely is it that trennan watford is on the team next season to start next season. Brendan Watford. Wow. Give me a percentage, like a rough percentage. I, I, I'm going above 50, right? Like, you want to say seven, uh, 65% that Watford's here next year. Are you going under or over? Um, I'm going 100 because he's under contract. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, you all looking up numbers? I didn't look at that. Dude, he's under contract. <laughs> and he's getting paid. He's going to bet one point five this year he's getting paid less than two over every single year of his contract that talent and less than two i ain't trading it hell no yeah yeah 
it's not enough of a trade value to be worth it to get oh. what he's doing for us. I'm with you. And uh, and Shaden Sharp, he's the next one on the list. If I'm going in reverse order here, I'm I'm putting Shaden Sharp at like a 95 percent to be on 90, this team. 99.9. Yeah, because unless we make that big move for Embiid or very few other cases, he'll be here. Nasir Little. This is a little harder because Nasir is. If we're trying to move uh, Penny Simons and Nurk and Little, all three of these guys that we have left to discuss, if we are trying to move Penny Simons and Nurk, Little's probably going to be involved in that package just to make money work. He's, I think, like, what, four and a half or five million or something like that mm-hmm. on the contract? And it's just enough where it's worth something in a trade. He's had some issues as far as his production. Uh, I might drop below 50 on this for no you know what? i'm, I'm gonna be positive because i love nas let's say 55 percent. but this is basically an over under where i want to be on the positive side but i don't have a lot of faith that he'll be here yeah it's a good one um nasir little yeah oh boy move some stuff around match numbers uh 67.355 okay okay <laughs> a little above two-thirds let's let's do it this way who's more likely to be on the team next year yusuf or, or penny um i think nurk because easier to trade Ant and go get pieces harder to find a viable center to fill in for Nurk as up and down as he can be. Um, so, harder to find a team that wants Nurk as a center too. Yeah, so I think I'm going to put Nurk at a straight 50-50. Uh, yeah, that, that, uh, that sounds about right. Nas at 55, Nurk at about 50. So where are you putting Penny Simons on percentage to come back as a Blazer? Oh boy, I'm going to, uh, just because you need a big splash, baby. Um, I'm going to put that number down at like 25. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, was, I was going down below that even. And I these mean, are not, know, to be fair, I, I always like to clarify too, fam. These, these percentages are not my sourced percentages. These are my gut feeling right. percentages. And it's also not want. Like we're not saying, oh, get this guy off the team or anything. But yes, if we're going to make moves, if we're going to build this roster better, these are the pieces Penny Simons and Yusuf Nurkic in particular that you have to. Oh yeah. Come on. You guys are, you're, you're and... a fan. Just like all these other, other cats. If this team were winning and you're like, I don't want to ever trade anyone. I like everybody. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm putting, uh, I'm putting Simons though down probably like, yeah, 20%. Let's say that he's on the team next year. Again, if, if Simons isn't on the team, if but, Nurkic isn't yeah. on the team, it, it, it probably means we have a better roster overall and have a better yeah. team and have a better season and start being competitive and seeing good Blazers basketball next year. Not just mm-hmm. having a, be satisfied by some insane dunks uh, among losses. What are the chances Victor Wembanyama's on this team next year? Oh, uh, let's see. What, what's that number at right now? I can tell you the chance that Victor Wembanyama's on this team next year. It's about nine percent. Damn it! You passed. You passed <laughs> my trick question. You passed. <laughs> all right. Well, the tests have been passed. The questions have been answered. Listeners, thank you all for for submitting the question. All you Discordians, Discordians, thank you all for submitting the questions really appreciate it it's fun doing this it's fun you know it's always fun talking with you chris and picking your brain but it's nice to get other people to to pick your brain as well where i can laugh at you not having seen any of the john wick movies that's crazy bro yeah well have you seen any (laughs) episodes you yeah you know what hey pick on me for not watching a single movie of john wick says the guy who hasn't watched spongebob in his life i i refuse i that is i, I will die having not watched spongebob and probably not having watched bluey either although yeah. i can't help so but know can't, the name. don't come at me with my hot takes <laughs> when you don't even know how good a Krabby patty is <laughs> listeners Bye. let us know if you are spongebob fans bluey fans john wick fans any of the rest send us more questions it doesn't have to be for the next ama we will always take questions always fun to fit in a few of these on the end of a pod after Chris gets heated about some uh, some some fan takes, but that's all we've got for now. 
probably going to divide this up into two pieces. In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Chris Burkhardt, as always. Thank you, Odar, for these fat beats. Thank you to Scordians, and thank you, all of you listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again, and please come back next week for the next edition of the Trailcasters. And come and join the Discord. You don't have to wait till next week. Just come and join the party. It's fun. 